Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Yeah, I'm Flint Dilly, and you're listening to uh, Knowing is Half the Podcast. I mean, it's really Knowing is Half the Battle, and I, I don't know why they put this pod. We didn't have podcasts in the 80s. I, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing with that. But anyway, they, that's what you're listening to. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Knowing Is Half the Podcast, a G.I. Joe program. Yeah, this one is going to be weird. <laughs> um, you, don't like, we, you don't like NPR voice? Well, no, no. I mean, see, the thing is that that is going to lead into an episode that when we all got here, we we're all like, yeah, man, I don't know how to feel about this episode. Yes. This yes. is it's like problematic on a number of levels. Not like out and out, you know. Uh, uh, it's not racist. No, but I mean, it's culturally unaware a lot. But trying to make points about things that I don't know. It's I, I actually, I'm going to say it. I actually like this one. I was a little bit nervous going in. I think the end had a good lesson. Yeah, the end was cool. I was surprising too, based on 19, yeah. 1986. Uh, yeah, because I got I got a little bit nervous. I got a little bit nervous when he started to talk. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. I got a little yeah. bit nervous. You, should, like, oh, you no. should always be nervous when Leatherneck starts talking. <laughs> I was basically like, oh, no, is that what this, the message of this is going to be? And then when the girl said it, I was like, yeah, I'm being vague because I don't want to yeah. spoil it. But is it weird that we went from two episodes ago, Leatherneck being the biggest like misogynist asshole to being the most empathetic character in the episode and being the biggest father figure? Yeah, well, well, I mean, we'll the there. two are not mutually exclusive. You. Okay, you're not wrong. Here's the thing. Let's... Oh, by the way, before we do anything else, right. I am Ray Stacanus. I'm Robert Chan. I'm Gina Blito. Because you right, probably see. know those things. <laughs> no, you don't need to know these things. Uh, let's Play Soldier uh, is the episode we're talking about. Yes, Charmin Devono, who um, hasn't written anything in a while, but she uh, used to do, uh, like, Garfield, Popples, Droids, Bill and Ted's Excellent oh. Adventure. <laughs> yeah. But Popples. did she also do a, diff- a different episode of G.I. Joe? Yes. Uh, because I she remember the name. did Phantom Brigade. Oh, love it. One of your favorites. Love it. Love yeah. it. She did Memories of Mara. That's a good one. Too. Oh, um, yeah. So I she's, like her. She's done some of the more cerebral episodes um, and the ones that are a little bit out of um, out of step with the normal G.I. Joe episodes. Not in a bad way, but like. It is. Uh, well, this episode, too, like we have a bunch of the new characters. So it's flooded with like Leatherneck being the. This is the Leatherneck episode. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, you know it. 
uh, and it and it's really like a different. It's it's on it's on different message than other episodes. But well, you, yeah. no Serpentor, no Sergeant Slaughter. Mm-hmm. Really, not much Cobra outside of the Dreadnoughts. Yeah, well, I mean, the Dreadnoughts mm-hmm. are, are the Cobra presence, and they're well, I, and Doctor Mindbender. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry. It is, and Doctor yeah, Mindbender. It is very season two. It is season um, two, but like we're missing the heavy hitters still. Like we haven't really had a big Sergeant Slaughter Serpentor episode since the miniseries. Well, that's why I mean, like th- those episodes are kind of like superhero episodes. Yes. You got big, oversized, you know, uh, um, characters doing, you know, like big, uh, crazy, you know, flying through the air kind of things. And this is one of those episodes where it's, you know, like, um, it kind of focuses on normal human beings. It's much more it's grounded. characters. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, and it starts out, like, again, tonally weird. Weird. It's like silence. And you normally don't get that from Joe's. <laughs> from they're like, yeah, let's blow shit up. Here they're like, shh. You're quiet. Corbin <laughs> slit his throat. It was. When the villagers come in, just wait for them. Wait, <laughs> super I'm creepy. Terrified right now. Deep six, like comes up out of the water like it's friggin' uh, uh, apocalypse now. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, I don't think you guys at home can appreciate. Chan was staring at me the whole time he did that bit, <laughs> and I'm genuinely upset right now. Uh, and yeah, and basically what it looks like is. A bunch of uh, uh, Viet Cong coming in on a boat down the Da Nang River. Yes. Like, this is going to be a fucking episode about Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Like the Vietnam War. Uh, and, like, there's going to be war war atrocities and everything. And, uh, like, we kind of we kind of calmed down a little bit. But, like, those opening moments where there's just no dialogue. I'm expecting blood and, and gore. Yeah. <laughs> just terrible I was exe- things. expecting fun. <laughs> well, I have it written here. Like, I thought it's like, oh, we're in Southeast Asia, very clearly. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, are we in Vietnam? Later in the episode, though, they seem to say we're in Thailand the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I still because... think we're in Vietnam, though, really. Like, they just say it's Thailand. <laughs> yeah. That's... It's like when they say Detroit is Vancouver or, you know, <laughs> Vancouver is Detroit and RoboCop 2. I don't. <laughs> believe it <laughs> yeah they, they uh Charmin definitely wrote this uh to be vietnam and um somebody stepped in like no absolutely <laughs> not let's say thailand i don't get anywhere but vietnam specifically are they are they someday gonna ha- uh, film a hangover movie in this in thailand okay mm-hmm. let's just call it thailand that's fun <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and the really, I just wrote here the opening scene feels like something directly pulled from Call of Duty Black Ops, mm-hmm. where you're just like in Vietnam, you crawl up, you grab the dude, you knife him in the neck, and throw him in the lagoon uh-huh. behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, and it's just horrifying. Sergeant and that's what Slaughter I thought I was does bring pull him up by his hair at some point. But oh no no oh, that's not so, that's Leatherneck oh Gungho or what it was Gungho that maybe Roadblock one of the big um, guys pulled by yeah it's Sar- a problem Sergeant Slaughter's not in this episode it's okay. a problem that both Leatherneck and Gungho oh, yeah, are guy. big dudes with with uh, porn mustaches and uh, it was vest like, bare chest yep. military pants who's yep. that oh shit uh, yeah, it's it probably could be either of them. Hat, hat. Yeah, okay, probably. it was Gung Ho. But Gung Ho didn't uh, have a hat the whole episode. This whole thing was fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the thing that like creeped me out the first is it started out with like the eyeball shot of uh, oh, yeah. um, of Beachhead, who was the last person that you want to uh, have oh, one of those no. crazy eyeball shots of. He knows exactly how far the Geneva Convention goes, <laughs> yep. and we'll push it to that limit. They mentioned the Geneva Convention here yep. at yes. some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got Wetsuit. He, he blows up a boat. 
yep. uh, by setting an explosive to the bottom of it. And then, so all I get out of the scene is that the militia are just moving clay pots. Like, this is Cobra's big plan for taking over, mm-hmm. is to move pottery. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, it doesn't seem like that bad a life. It's I don't because know, like... Cobra Commander really wants to see a lot of people reenact the one scene from the beginning of Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> when he's still alive, when he's still alive. No, I just figure that um, that uh, Cobra is behind the rise of Pottery Barn. Like this <laughs> oh, before, it was a big that deal. Makes sense. Um, well, I have written down here: Is this worthy of GI Joe? Really? <laughs> You're in some far flung Southeast Asian fishing town, uh, uh, interrupting dreadnoughts from from pot placement. Like I don't know. Like okay, and that we find out the reason why they're there. Because yes. uh, Cobra actually has a very Cobra-like uh, a plan. Yep. Uh, originally, uh, when they sort of figured out, like, oh, this orange gunk is uh, some tree sap, some crazy tree sap that has hallucinogenic properties and right. like a, a tremendously sedative effect and all this business. I'm like, oh, awesome! We're manufacturing drugs. Yes. We're going to sell drugs to people and you know make a shit ton of money. <laughs> this sounds this sounds great. And then I was like, oh no, right, it's Cobra. It's going to be a mind control gun. I mean, isn't that what drugs really are, though, guys? Oh, let's get on message. <laughs> uh, could you have a quote here from this scene? Because they capture one of the village villagers, mm-hmm. and he says something that's so strangely specific to me. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking. about. I'm pretty about. sure I do. Please let me go. I am only an innocent pawn of a capitalist machine. I mean, Major Blood's got a point there. <laughs> um, that is such a very specific thing for somebody who I assume his English is not very good. I think uh, this no. is, is this he when he's reference. pulling him yes. up by yes. the hair? Yeah. He pulls him up by the hair. That and then, seems bad. And then Leathernecks, yeah, oh, look at this one. This little dude studied political science at UCLA. I can't help but feel like that was a specific dig. Or like one of the writers was like uh, at a, mm-hmm, at a, mm-hmm. getting a, a cup of coffee and some some prickish little poli sci major was talking about like how capitalist swine or uh-huh. you know anything and, and socialism, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he probably walked out going like, I'm going to write you into a goddamn GI. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember also the timing, 1986. We're three years from the Berlin Wall falling, and so mm-hmm. communism is still a threat. Mm-hmm. And so for a co- inevitably communist uh, character to spout these things that are straight out of Che Guevara's mouth, sure, like makes sense. Oh yeah, climate wise, mm-hmm. socially in the world at that time. Yep, yep. It was just awfully specific. Well, I mean, it's very much mm-hmm. a joke for the adults. Yes. if they happen to be watching. Also, Leatherneck just seems like a real jerk. Yep. Oh, he's yeah. He's he's pretty much he's a no nonsense marine. I think if we were gonna like boil it down to a, like a, a a hashtag, yeah, no nonsense marine is exactly who he is. He's I mean he has some empathy, like he feels for the kids, but he just you know he isn't a hugger. We'll get to that. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we cut over to the dreadnoughts, and uh, there there there's children. All of a sudden, we get this really in-depth scene about street urchin children yeah. stealing out of a dumpster and being chased off with a with a with a frying pan. Mm-hmm. Dust children. Dust children. Dust children. And uh, why are they called dust children? Because they're lower than dirt. Also, this is a very this is a very adult theme. Kids fathered by American soldiers during the war. During the Vietnam War. Like that. That line actually made me go, Jesus. Yeah. Here's the thing. And then uh, left behind, for the record. Left yeah. behind. Like, clearly the, the American soldiers are not coming off great here. Which, and they don't know they have kids, I'm guessing. Two things. One, 
Dust Children uh, is very is uh, was literally a thing. That's oh. what they called them in Vietnam. Is that right? Uh, oh. Children fathered by uh, GIs and then just walking away. Okay. Second thing, Leatherneck one hundred percent has fathered a bunch of these oh, children. Oh no, that's right. This is why he's was, all like, I feel bad because I've abandoned however many kids. I was oh, thinking no. a lot of them have. Like I bet. I bet I'm googling dust children. Nothing's coming up. Well, the name of oh, the dust yeah, children. You're right. Bo- I'm not children I'm of the dust. Yeah. Bui doi, mm-hmm. the Vietnamese to- term dust of life. Mm-hmm. Mm, well, interesting. Well, the, the, I just wrote here like their names. The names of the children in this episode are Stephen, yep, Miley, yep, and Jeff. Jefferson Davis Chu. Jefferson Davis Chu. Yep. So I think that the moms are naming them after the dads. Uh, yeah, and apparently someone was a huge Confederate <laughs> racist, so that's yeah. fun. The South will rise again. Mm-hmm. Anyway, have my have my dust child. <laughs> uh, yeah, just what strange names they had. I kind of expected the names to be a little more Vietnamese, but I would be wrong. I, I yeah, I mean, I think like I I think that they just named them after after the dads. It also reminded me of that one Wait, scene. Miley? Sure. Yeah, his name could have been Miles. Or I mean, Miles. honestly, I, I'm sure the dad's name was Billy Ray. And he was like, <laughs> you know what? If you have a kid, name her Miley. Name her Miley. This Don't reminded worry. me of the scene in Watchmen uh, with the comedian. Mm-hmm. At some point, oh, he, yes. he kills yeah. the both the woman and the baby, right? Mm-hmm. It's a dark movie, kids. <laughs> yeah. It's a good yeah. movie. It's a dark one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got back here to uh, Thief Logic. Uh, maybe you have a quote for me on this here. They have some some uh, 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 psychology of thievery. I did this late last night. So. <laughs> you see, Miley, honesty is as useful as music to deaf ears. You see, because here's the deal. She's the honest thief of the street urchin crowd, uh-huh. and he steals the fish. I don't. Mm. We don't see her steal anything at any point. No, no but so I don't think she it. is a thief. Well, she's part of a thieving crew. Also, is she, or is she just uh, a, a kid in the street? They're, they're all yeah, kids they're all in the kids streets kids in the street together. Street. They're a cabal of some kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to say how hilarious it is to me that he tells Miley uh, that uh, she's as use- her music is useful <laughs> to deaf ears. <laughs> Hadn't considered it. Now I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so now all of a sudden we have... Ray's killing it. I'm sorry, I'm trying to make sense of my notes here. Cops. <laughs> yes, just, there are I, cops. I have... <laughs> Ray stopped watching the episode of Ray through to watch old reruns Something of cops. Was... Wait a minute, are we watching the episode of uh, the Sink the Montana? <laughs> I just have... Re- I think I stopped writing down what happens in the episode, and then, re- you know, I just started <laughs> writing my reactions. So my, my, my notes here just say, just know people. Just and I have no people? idea what it's in regards to. Something about melon heads. Oh, I don't. I don't. I think I don't know what's going on. See, I told you you're gonna get me, you melon heads. There we go. Okay, so there's. Okay, I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, the violence starts up with the kids. The kids scream something about melon heads, which the I kid, think is a very the kid interesting runs reference. off like that scene from Bloodsport. Right, and uh-huh, then uh-huh. a truck's gonna hit him. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And so we're having like all this drama with characters we just met. Yeah. And we were supposed to have these connections to these children who thieve, think it's okay to thief because honesty's stupid. 
I mean, th- we've already established that they're called dust children, so obviously they're you know they're underdogs. Every- everybody hates them, and so you know you I mean, they got to eat somehow. You know, yeah, it's I not like, like you're stealing a bunch of gold. They like he was stealing fish for crying out loud. Yeah, I like how in a previous episode I got called a monster because I thought it was cool for Lady J to beat up some some jerky street kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted Wild Bill to straight up massacre <laughs> them in the streets, Gina. But I think now, this but now like Ray is saying he doesn't empathize with poor dust children. And no one's calling him out on it. I think you just did. Didn't I don't you? think he's advocated for their wholesale slaughter yet. If he <laughs> does, he's at any point, he, then yes. he basically said he doesn't care that 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 one kid is about to get squished by a van because he was like, "Oh, we're supposed to care about them. Well, they just got introduced. No, they've been introduced as underdogs in this episode. Mm-hmm. They're causing mischief. They're causing trouble. They mm-hmm. are seeing consequences for their actions they're immediately. Like tiny droogs. And we're supposed to be on their side, even though I haven't like outside of the I fact it, that Ray. they're they're coming from very humble roots. I get it. You want to bring back Stop and Frisk. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You want to do away with the super predators. We all get it. I guess you just look at little Asian kids and like, well, they're not worth anything. <laughs> this like, is not why, are, why aren't they making my iPhones? Otherwise, <laughs> if they're not making me electronics, I don't give a crap. I am saying that narratively, they have not given us, they have not had a save the cat moment. I don't know why I'm supposed to care deeply for the well, welfare you know why? of these children. Because Leatherneck cares. Because... He, doesn't, he doesn't even really care yet, though. Uh, well, I mean, he just risked the kid, uh, risked well, his life. Well, this is the moment. Yes. Leatherneck saves the kid, Jefferson Davis Chu, mm-hmm. from the truck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And Leatherneck's like, okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going to put you guys through, like, mock boarding school? Military education? I'm a little bit confused. No, I think but, it's uh... just, like, everyone becomes everyone who comes into contact with Joes uh, that, that isn't evil just gets to automatically be a Joe. That's, what, Joe we've, that's <laughs> what we've established. They fought, they fought local cops. They didn't even fight like Cobra at any point. Yeah, like, they no. are now signed up. They are now part of the, the Thailand branch of G.I. Joe. Thailand, I can't. I could have tried to come up with a pun for this, and I feel like it would go terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Where my brain is at right would. now. <laughs> Someone's going to let that one pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Lifeline, uh, Lifeline. Hey, Lifeline's in this episode. He gets a copy of the tree sap, and so he analyzes the whole thing, and we get a little plot here. Mm-hmm. Basically, we get the plot is mm-hmm. uh, in Southeast Asia. There's this tree with sap that's bright orange and goopy, mm-hmm. and it controls your mind, and it basically puts you in a zombie like, a very uh, hypnotic zombie like trance. Right. And I'm sort of just like, can I get some? <laughs> Yeah, I I was like I I just wanted gum. This scene just made me want gum. I don't understand why they don't just make drugs that do this because don't how, they? how useful is it to have somebody uh uh work for you in like a trance like state? Like if you had somebody working at your store, like yeah. would you rather like a guy uh be like, "Hey man, I want I want more money to do this job." Or would you like somebody like, "Uh Hey, could you could I you would, uh, I would prefer the second one. Could you stock the shelves? The problem is those, Jan, over there. Put those boxes over there. But later on, we see it where it like it works very well. At some point, someone's like, "All right, go do this," and they're like, "Yep." If you're trying to smuggle drugs, you absolutely do not want someone who's just a, a zombie. Chan, I would say every person you've ever hired starts out as number one and always ends up as number <laughs> two. <laughs> Inevitably, it will happen. Uh, they do it with gum and like deodorant and like s- products, though. And I just yeah. think the overall thing is to make it like maybe your first dose makes you kind of go all dopey, but the more you do it, the more it's just like it's more like subtle. Uh, this is like that. a this is what the Joker wanted to do pretty much. And like people are going to stop having to wear make stop wearing makeup. That's They're going right. to stop using deodorant. Of course, that was killing them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
It's just the natural progression of things. I'm just like, but if you want somebody to do menial labor and you have them just working in a factory, yeah. what does it matter? Like, if they're doing it, if they're sewing your Nikes, I you, don't feel, need, you don't need bright personalities for that. Right, but that requires so much management. Could you imagine? Their plan is basically to control the entirety of the country, right. all of Thailand, um, with this with this uh, substance. How yeah. many people are you going to have to, like... Uh, to to run the people who are over in the rice fields to make their food, and to run the people in the factory over here, and to run the people who are running the buses Cobra's over here. I feel like this is a very Kim Jong Un uh, uh, plan, oh, though. Interesting, because okay. because he 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 likes to sort of uh, do this to the masses, stop them. Like it basically stops any free thinking, which I think is is what we're too focused on. Like them being like, duh. But but I think the the point is it stops any free thinking any free thinkers, so they'll easily be able to go in and be like, hey, you want us to take you over as a people and tell you exactly what to do, right? And they'll be like, yes, we do. I feel like this is definitely a plan from Cobra Commander or Serpentor. I think that Mindbender's just in it because it's friggin' hilarious. Yeah. Look at me. I've created this thing. And just here's the thing. It, it gets to the point of ridiculousness when uh, he's talking about... Uh, um, uh, would you like a stick of gum? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, ridiculous. But I think also he is just having such fun with it. It's like, look at this. I made gum that controls <laughs> minds. I'm going yeah. to offer it to everybody, which also has the um, the side benefit of kids watching TV going like, oh, yeah, I'm not even taking gum from strangers. <laughs> Certainly not like bald dudes who have whose nipples are showing. <laughs> I, I, if I've learned one thing, it's like do not take candy from those people. Uh, that's the only gum that I accept from people. Uh, if your nipples aren't showing, don't offer me crap. Can I say right now, this is clearly a plan from Cobra Commander. <laughs> this is a leftover Cobra Commander plan that was in the tank. Again, we don't see Serpentor in this crab at all. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't show up at all, but nobody He's not really even does. mentioned. Yeah, Mindbender is the highest ranking Cobra in this episode. And yeah, that whole line, he, it's like a reset with him. I'd like to see if somebody at home can do a supercut of every single time he says, would you like a stick of gum? Because <laughs> he says it like seven times during a 22-minute episode. It's like... Range for adequate reimbursement. Care for a stick of gum? I'm just saying. <laughs> like, it's the weirdest. He puts it as a non-sequitur to end sentences. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously... You have to be a frigging moron to actually take the gum. That is not the tone of voice of someone who has your best interest at heart. <laughs> Would you like a stick of gum? Because it, he could have just said, hey, you want some gum? And I I'm assume, like, yeah, sure, I'll have a stick of gum. I would probably assume like, oh, he's using this tone of voice because my breath's real stinky. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a... Uh, would you like a stick of gum? <laughs> no, really, you should have a stick of gum because I am trying not to wrinkle my nose as you speak to me right now. The first guy's dumb and takes it, though. Like, he doesn't see any red flags. Like, yeah, I would like a piece of gum. Well, he did he's say probably, it was imported. And it was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And he's probably yeah. never been offered such a sweet treat ever. That's true. Treat. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like an ad exec from the 60s. Have yourself a sweet treat. It's orange gum. It's good for your teeth. <laughs> It'll make you feel dopey inside. Does anyone is anyone else disturbed by the fact that there's no no antidote is made at the end, right? There is not. Like like so these people are just brainless for Oh the no, this is stuff lives? that wears off. Temporary. Oh, oh okay. Okay. So that's why even keep... the guy that touched it and screamed horrors. I mean he he OD'd. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, but no, like the gum is like an amount. 
Mm-hmm. That you know, it's mm-hmm. like heroin. Like eventually, it's going to wear off, and you yeah, need if, more heroin. If you do all the heroin, <laughs> it doesn't end well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Leatherneck does his inspection, is uh, and he finds this cobra knife that got stolen from the dreadnoks by one of the kids. Those kids just jump right in a line, which uh, that just seems weird. To kids, me. these mm-hmm. kids want a father figure yeah. in their life. They want discipline. They the want second structure. Anybody shows up uh, and, and gives them any kind of authority whatsoever, of course, yes, they're going to jump right on board. I want to mm. know what Leatherneck means by "Don't call me sir." I work for a living because uh, whoa, that's a military thing. Is it? Um, uh, officers are called sir, so he's like a um, he's a lower ranking guy. Yeah, he's like a sergeant or something like mm. that, and he doesn't he doesn't want to be co- or no, less lower than sir. But he's like he's a grunt. He's okay. a guy who. If they you call know. you sir, it means you sit behind a desk all day and aren't a real soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless yeah. I'm mistaken, that's what I think he means by that. Mm-hmm. When we get Buzz back in here, we'll ask him that question. Yeah. That's a good one for him to answer. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Okay, now here we go. Uh, Dr. Mindbender gives the guy... Oh, these Asian accents in this in this episode, like, of all the adults, like, they are... They, they are... They're right on the edge. They're right there. They're right on the edge. They don't go over into uh, into racist, and I appreciate that, given that it's the mid-80s. It and comes they very easily so could've. close, yeah. though. Like, sure. Do we have any examples of some we of don't these... Get uh, that, we don't get the delicacy. Line. We don't get like, we don't, we don't. That yeah. was racist. We don't get that a delicacy this time. Um, some examples of some of the Asian accents in this uh, in this episode. I feel like the Asian accents in this episode are very similar to just how how Quick Kick sounds. No, Quick Kick no. sounds like a sounds straight like up an American. American. American dude. You're thinking of somebody else. I don't know who though. Maybe Spirit. Spirit? <laughs> yeah, he isn't Asian. I came here for money, not candy. I mean, that's honestly just like one of those generic foreign accents. It's just yeah. kind of a mashup of a and bunch of different That ones sounds like or... it's Frank Welker as well. Maybe. It was amazing. That's, I heard mm. a lot of Megatron in that. Uh... Well, okay, so the Dreadnoughts are bored now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're going to Bangkok because they, again, they've because seen the Bangkok. hangover. One night in Bangkok <laughs> makes the heart man Yes, they're crumble. going to play chess is what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, they send Sarana to keep them out of trouble. Yeah, because Dr. Mindbender ain't no dummy. Is she an authority figure who's going to keep people out of trouble? Because her plan... Chan, maybe you can walk us through what the plan was of Zorana. Here's the plan, and here's what I do actually like, um, is uh, these guys going along, they see the most stereotypical dragon lady yes. you could possibly imagine, but it's not It's not a, a Thai person. It's Zorana, because she knows... That that's exactly what they're looking for. It's <laughs> like they're looking for like the movie version of Bangkok. Yeah. And like, oh, like this is this is what I think every Asian woman looks like in Thailand. And so they pick her up. And they start hollering at her. Also, yeah. it, my, I wrote down if this wasn't Zorana, I would I would assume they were going to kidnap and murder that woman. Oh, yes. I think that is 100%. 100%. This woman is not finding the shore again. Yeah, like yeah. If, it, if it wasn't if it wasn't Zorana, if it was just a random woman walking down the street that mm-hmm. went with them, this would end with like a manhunt today. But, for- but this is how smart that Zorana is. She knows that that's what they will do. <laughs> so she's just like, uh, because and then as soon as they're like, yeah, we're going to cut her up. It's like, Take off her, you know, mask. Like you idiots, you've been wasting you flipping... your last three hours. Yeah. So now let's get back to the. So yeah, she is on point. Uh, she mm-hmm. knows exactly mm-hmm. what she's doing. Well, I mean, thank God she was there because otherwise, some random person was yes. dumb enough to get in that boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I'm just saying, I have a windowless van of creepers dressed like the dreadnoughts, and it's not Halloween. Is mm-hmm. this the bang bus? 
stuff. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, all right, baby, come aboard the bang bus. <laughs> Except it's a boat, so you can't get out. The bang boat. And then you're just like, yeah. My God, if the dreadnoughts like were around Thursday. today, they absolutely would be running a bang bus. Oh, yeah, they would. <laughs> they, would they would have retired from Cobra and been like, why are we doing this when we could be doing that? I don't know what you're talking mm. about. These guys are in their 50s right now. And are running a bang bus. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't think there's any question. <laughs> I haven't heard those accents is the only thing. Oh, yeah, baby. But show it, me that butthole. Wait a minute. Isn't the milf hunter like a... Isn't he British or something? Chan, you're on your own on this one. I have no idea. Oh, I don't uh, know. I don't mm. know. <laughs> right, why don't you Google milf hunter and see what uh, comes up? No. That is not what I want in my browser history. Yeah. I'm after, the married one here. After that Pokemon incident, I don't know. <laughs> no. I think it's turned him off of just, just randomly scanning anything. for pornography anymore. <laughs> I don't even look up political stuff because I just don't <laughs> want to see what I get anymore from the not safe search. So you're saying that all the world needs is to watch that Pokemon porn? And no, they'll, nobody. They'll be set right again. Nobody Ooh. needs that. Guys, don't don't look it up. Let everyone, instead of watching the debates, just watch that poke <laughs> porn. <laughs> Moving forward, uh, Leatherneck refers to the uh, the children as the junior auxiliary. Mm-hmm. I felt weird about that. Like I don't know. Something about that just struck me as like, congratulations, kids. You're in the army now. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, apparently they're just begging for some discipline, so they're, they you know. something. And that's why the uh, um, the title of this episode is Let's Play Soldier. It's I referring mean, to the kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is a little bit creepy, uh, and I, I didn't like that they did that, that they were that they were willing to just uh, uh, just fall in like that, but I couldn't say that it was necessarily incorrect. But did the kids mm-hmm. ever really get involved in the fighting in any way? As far yeah. as I remember, they just yeah, stay out they of the kinda, way. They kind of save the day. They okay. jump right in. The the uh, um, uh, Jeff Jefferson like jumps on a dreadnought. Okay, yeah, I totally he, blocked like out. like legs in his face type jumping on Whoa. him. Easy, did you Gina. did you watch Sink the Montana, Ray? Did you <laughs> I just forget to watch this episode? Uh, here's the deal, guys. I watched this episode very late last night, and my notes are a horror show. <laughs> so I'm going to need your help. I'm going to be leaning on you a little bit more than usual. I still think the Joes should try and tear off everyone's face that they meet. Sure. They should tear off everybody's face. <laughs> yeah, I think they should try, because I just think it would solve a lot of problems. Well, I'll tell you what. Um... They tried to do that over on Scooby Doo, and after one too many uh, um, charges of assault, they're like, "Okay, maybe doesn't, we should just end well. wait until we have a little more uh, mm-hmm. data before we start ripping off faces." That's true. Well, so we we have our inevitable showdown at the Bangkok restaurant where the kids right. hang out with the okay. Dreadnoughts and the Joes. Explain now, this. To I know me. what you're about to say, and please, Chan, set it up. What the fuck did they do? Why did they tie up the innkeeper? Why did yes. the Joes <laughs> Why tie up they? the innkeeper? I don't know. This was crazy to me because the Dreadnoughts have nef- not seen the innkeeper. We find him at the end of the fight tied up in the back. I, it has no, to have been the Joes who did it. He no. wasn't He wasn't working with the Cobras at any point. Wait, wait. I think I think it was Zorana. No, because they were no, all she in came the in with the, with yeah, the dreadnoughts. Yeah, she came in with them, but she clearly had set it up in advance. No, well, because mm. they walk in and the Joes come out of the come out of the uh, kitchen like, "Hey, we're ready. We're here to fuck the you fight up." Fight happens immediately the second they walk I in. I know. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, she she got her costume on, so she was uh-huh. like, "All right, I need to find a way to keep them occupied." Her uh-huh. role is keep them occupied. Yes. So she needs to take them to a place to keep them occupied. But so she probably the, scouted it in advance. This is the place they've already been hanging out. This is the same location they were hanging out at earlier in the episode where the kid stole his yeah. pen knife mm-hmm. hmm. and the joes came in they came in and through he, the back door i mean if zarana like tied tied up the innkeeper then they should have stopped and untied him they did not do <laughs> they that did not. 
So it's for it his own protection, you guys. Clearly, the Joes. Why are they do doing that? Some crazy. Yeah, that shit. is weird. There are no mistakes in GI Joe, so the Joes made a choice. It's, ma- the, maybe there was this whole a uh, whole subplot that was cut out. <laughs> I hope there was, because otherwise. Leatherneck was going to do some seriously creepy <laughs> oh, shit he's to gonna that gimp dude. him. Oh my god! I don't. <laughs> yeah. even, I don't want to think. Like, and then I just, shh, quiet. Stop it! With your voice. <laughs> Terrifying. I'm going to take you and keep her. I want to make you pay for all the things that I've done wrong with my life. For all the dust children I've left behind, I'm going to make you pay for it and keep her. I'm sorry, Mister Wynn. Mister Wynn, I'm going to make you pay. I'm really upset right Ray's, now. Ray's bleeding from the nose. I am really. I guys, I, that's. I find that very beyond disturbing. Um, so do we all, Ray. So do we all. Um, uh, and you help me out with my notes, guys. I just wrote grenade. Why? Yeah. Uh, well, because. Oh yeah. Happened, but, they just throw yeah. a grenade where they're fighting. They're, yes. They okay. Just, they just started. Everybody started fighting like you do. They're uh, huge. GI Joe brawl. We yep. know how this is going to go. This is when Jefferson jumps in and uh, jumps on okay. uh, um, blowtorch mm-hmm. and um, monkey wrench. I think. Oh uh, yeah, one of them. <laughs> I think it was torch. And then um, basically things start going bad for the dreadnoughts. So the Joes are beating the crap out of them. So they're like, okay, we're out of here. They throw a grenade so that they they could uh, bail. Okay. It, just, it seemed like an awfully like aggressive thing to do in, in the middle of a chaotic fight. I mean, the, the dreadnoughts. They're the dreadnoughts, That's though. That do. does make a lot of sense. Mm. Um, oh, and then they find out, oh, wait, the dragon lady was Zorana. Right. And it's like, well. It's just like, go home. I'll fix all of this. Because mm-hmm. that's her job. Yeah. So G.I. Joe, they become just like, I mean, this is why other countries hate us. Because they just, Leatherneck just and Roadblock are like, we're just going to steal your boat. Yeah. yeah, boy, that was not yeah. a good choice. Not cool, guys. Um, <laughs> like, although this is one of the few times we actually see uh, consequences of that. They have to go in and talk to the cops, and they're like, you just threw two of our cops into the water yeah. and stole our fucking boat. It's, it's not what your country. You right. understand? You have no authority right. here. Even if you were in the United States... And you kicked like cops out of a, a, a out of their police cop car. boat or, or whatever a cop boat yeah yeah that's friggin' messed up dudes yeah and this is when I realized Gung Ho isn't wearing a hat so his head is just like weirdly shaped for a bald guy <laughs> you have never... I think he was earlier in the episode I think so too this is why I wrote it down here but for the entire rest of the episode multiple scenes he just doesn't have his hat anymore. And mm-hmm. I just part of me wonders if that was a lost plot point. Yeah, like one of the ki- one of the kids stole his hat. It, it stole mm-hmm, the hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, oh yeah, and a close up on the Asian kid, and he has green eyes, as opposed to the non Asian kid. Well, I just mean like specifically, like wasn't it a bit the big plot point of Big Trouble in Little China is to find someone with green eyes? Right. It's not a common trait, is what I am trying to say. Uh, yeah, his dad was do, clearly. A... Yeah. Do we recall that these oh, are yeah. all? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> These are all children of uh, American GIs. Uh, also, care for some gum, Joe? <laughs> it's t- the, the sound sing. The sound sing. That's, I, I like to imagine that's actually playing in his office. It's not the like diegetic music of like the episode. It's just him like pressing a button. I just like that he's got it like memorized, so he like waits to say things to coincide with when he knows the music <laughs> cues are. He has a flair for the dramatic, no question. Okay, so we get a villager woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, who comes in? Shocker! It's Zarana again. I'm yeah. saying they needed to try and pull off her face. <laughs> well, they already know Zarana's there. 
Yeah. Anytime you meet a random woman at this point, you have to assume it's Zorana, especially if she, oh, come, wait she a barges minute. in. Do the Joes actually know that she's there? I don't think that. Uh, uh, I th- I don't think she took off her mask oh, until after right. she departed. Right. So they did, yeah, they didn't they know. Didn't fight her in the opening sequence. Yeah, maybe you're yeah. right. I'm just to a point though. It's a, we've seen it now multiple times. Mm-hmm. If a random like villager woman sure. runs up in peril and then starts telling you what to do, mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent Zorana 100%. all the time or the Baroness. Yeah. There's... Baroness, I don't even know. Like it seems like just the specifically villager thing. Because remember when she did that to cross country in Dusty okay, in a Rise Serpento or Rise? She's just like, all Joes go one village over. Mm-hmm. I swear <laughs> to God, over that dune, just leave me here. <laughs> I'm the same kind of deal here, where she's just like, I'm in a village. You got to mm-hmm. go to the village. Yep. <laughs> and then we get the big fight to end the whole thing. Uh, what a shock! Like they go to this village and nobody's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and again, so a weird. very Call of Duty. Black Ops kind of a feel to it, like oh, very a... scary. And then we we thankfully get bats. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to see any more villagers. Like I expected, <laughs> honestly, I expected mind controlled villagers with guns that the Joes would have to do some weird like get around to not murder them. Yeah, that mind control didn't really pay off, did it? Not really at all, <laughs> except for one thing. We did get to hear Doctor Mindbender say, "As for you." Care for a piece of gum. So uh, I mean, we got to hear that. So as uh, far as payoff goes, Gina, I think that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> also, it occurred to me that um, he may have a very good. The reason why Mindbender is really pushing gum on these people, uh, he they have that entire the whole other line of um, of uh, toiletries. They've got deodorant. They've got shampoo. You can't ask someone if they want that stuff. You can't ask Leatherneck or Gung Ho. To wear deodorant or shampoo, care for some they deodorant. They don't have hair. They absolutely don't. Uh, they absolutely stink like well, hell. Leatherneck has hair, probably not good hair. He does <laughs> shampoo. No, he, he does uses, not shampoo. He, he doesn't even wash his hair. That. No, it's, yeah. it is cracked and dried and stuck <laughs> to his head. Oh, oh, am I wrong? Got, he's got split ends, and his hair is only a half an inch long. <laughs> Do you ever know that guy? Like growing up in like high school, college, the guy whose hair was like long but always like cracked and gross. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would figure, uh, uh, and I hate to say it, Gina, but it was it was always italian guys it was a was very it? big usually thing they take care of their locks very well okay not the ones in ohio and michigan oh okay, okay. <laughs> god bless america <laughs> um yeah so we have cages uh the joes get captured they get put in cages and this knife that this cobra knife that the kid gives leatherneck is like the central plot point to like Four different things in this episode. <laughs> he uses it to break out of the cage. Mm. He uses it to wedge open an airplane. And and what I feel is the laziest airplane fight we've seen in all of G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. It is just a very uninspired. It's just planes going, and then one shoots the other. And thank you. Very unexciting for planes fighting. And then all the dreadnoughts take off. They desert the fight because they don't care anymore. No. That's the beautiful thing about the dreadnoughts is that... You can you can always trust them to bail on you when the money's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as uh, well, they'll fight. They'll always do the fight. Mm-hmm. And if they lose the fight, you cannot expect them to come around for round two. No, they are front runners. If ever I've seen one, they are the Tiger Woods of henchmen. <laughs> if they're not playing for my head, they're just not going to win. <laughs> uh, and then you know, the fight happens. Lazy plane uh, plane fight happens, and then boom, we're at the final ninety seconds of the episode. Time to wrap it up. Yeah. And oh, we get the uh, really- also, uh, Lifeline yes. is there not being an ass, so that's nice. Lifeline, I thought, was a, a big comeback in this episode. Yeah. 
he, not he's being helpful and he's not like, hey, wait a minute, guys, why are we fighting? Like, no, he's just. But I think this is a direct result because they asked him to be like the IT support for the team and mm-hmm. not a direct on yeah. the ground boots yeah. on the ground person for mm-hmm. the team mm-hmm. where he could be annoying. Yeah. If you put Lifeline, he's like um, airtight. If you just put him in the lab mm-hmm. and just let him do some shit while human beings are screaming on the screens behind him in agony, yep. he can concentrate and get his poop done. <laughs> <laughs> But as soon as you put him out in the field, he's done. He yep. doesn't have any chance at all. And then, Chan, this is the part I think you wanted to talk about. Or maybe it was Gina. I forget. One of you guys. It was me, but we do look alike. <laughs> I can't even tell your voices apart most of the time, <laughs> if I can be quite honest with you. Uh, they want to foster adopt in all the, the, the dust children and bring them to America. Yeah. yeah. It's presented as an awesome thing. I mean, and I'm me, very happy with where this episode went. It, on paper, I'm just like, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? That's an awesome thing, Leatherneck. Adopt all those kids. You right. can do a wacky 80s sitcom. Yeah, no, my he doesn't. Du- my four dust children. <laughs> mm-hmm. He doesn't mean adopt. He means, uh, yeah, you'll come back with us, and then we'll throw you into the foster system. Put you in a system. Because no matter how shitty that is, no matter you know, like what sort of uh, parents uh, you end up with, they mm-hmm. may beat you, or you know, like it doesn't matter. It's got to be better than living in this third world hellhole that yeah. you call a country. But they are the kids say no to this, and I say they're yeah. missing a chance to meet Punky Brewster. And I think you made a mistake, kids. <laughs> I think I was glad that the kids were like, no, white dude, we got it. <laughs> it was kind of rad, though. <laughs> we got it, white guy. Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for fathering all those children and then abandoning them. Uh, we're not falling for that bullshit twice. <laughs> yeah, and also, also then at the end, like the guy gets some real cheap labor for his new inn. Yeah, which right. uh, obviously he's kickstarting. Yeah, uh, yeah, yep. Can you guys? They're all pitching in. Yeah, to back him. What is this food? They, they are rewards. Eating. Can you explain to me what this food is, Chan? It's probably oh, delicious. Uh, noodles. Was it noodles? Because it looks like a big blob of white noodles. It's just, just a fuck ton noodles. of noodles. That's my kind yeah. of meal. That's a, it's, it's a classic noodles. Thai dish. Noodles. Noodles. I love that dish. I didn't even see the texture there. It just looked like no. It looked there's like no the, texture. It looks like the blob from that one episode. It's one chunk. It's white. It's one chunk of noodles. That's all it is. There's <laughs> no flavoring. One noodle. Yes. Just cut off a piece of it mm-hmm. like lasagna and just mm-hmm. put it on the plate. Mm. I feel like uh, 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 so we got Bechdel test fail again. Well, sure. one woman well, in the episode. Yeah, uh, she is all the uh, women. Uh, two, she can't talk women. to herself. Two women. The Who's girl the... was the the Asian girl. Which Asian girl? Oh, the 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 kid. The kid. Oh, right, the kid. right, right, right. Okay, you're right. Uh, uh, but but I feel like we need a new test, which is the Serpentor test, does which is does appear? he appear and does anyone talk to him? <laughs> Because we've had mention of him in a couple episodes, but he has not appeared. Um, here, when he starts appearing, you're going to get sick of him real quick. So don't worry. <laughs> Serpentest. Serpentest. Well, did, we, be... did we pass the Serpentest? We in this failed episode? the Serpentest. <laughs> I think we're just burning off all the uh, extra episodes from last season. Uh-huh. It feels that way. Uh-huh. I mean, but some of these are so specifically like uh, uh, season two characters, though. Like, yeah. This is the Leatherneck episode. Yeah. To uh-huh. let us figure yeah. out, like, see the humanity behind him, because up to this point, he's been just terrible. Yeah. He's been mm-hmm. really like unpleasant and unlikable. Yeah. And, and as it is, um, I don't know that he's a great person. But at least we sort of get a sense of why he is the way he is. I find out he's not a monster. Right. And at least let me start there with somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know. He's he's dealing with some demons. If left unchecked, he'll become a monster. Let's 100%. all face it. Mm-hmm. That's why I, he's one of those guys. You, I just don't want him to see him ever leave the service. Because as soon as he gets outside of those con- constraints, <laughs> yeah. we're talking mm-hmm. bodies in an attic here. You yep. know? It's not mm-hmm. good. Or Or he opens an orphanage. And sure. just kills all those kids and in, a fit, in, 
in a fit of rage one night. <laughs> and there are still bodies in the attic. Yeah. Yes, that was the whole. That was the whole second shoe on that one. I said, wash them dishes. Those dishes are still dirty. Oh no, <laughs> he's fine with the foster kids. It's just the the UPS man, <laughs> the florist. That's his, that's his breaking point. Ooh, I've got the hiccups. So we, we should end this. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Well, guys, that will do it for. Let's play soldier. Yeah, I would, I'm ready to get into the meat of some Serpentor and Sergeant Slaughter. Are you episodes. ready to get ser- some Serpentor meat in your I'm mouth? I'm ready to get yeah. some Serpentor meat in my mouth. I'll pass the Serpent test. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, between my uh, coughing and your hiccuping, this we got to we got to get out and of here. And my shouting and nonsense. <laughs> really? Oh no. Gina's done. Uh, well, guys, that's going to do it for Let's Play Soldier. Come on back uh, next week for a new episode. I won't do you it. It's the microphone from you now are on. Done. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. I keep thinking they're gone. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, give us five stars on iTunes. We deserve it. Halloween is literally a couple of days away, and so if you want to see these pictures of Gina as the Baroness, me as Sergeant which Slaughter, do. which I'm assuming you do, we've already established she's going to be was it, was it sweaty, 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 sweaty. Yes, it's a warm, warm outfit, warm, tight outfit. <laughs> you're good. I guess you're going to want to see that, everybody, and see me as Sergeant Slaughter, which you know, pre- I pretty he's, much halfway there just naturally. He's also probably going to be sweaty, but just well, because he's always sweating. <laughs> For the outfit, though, I'm going to shave just my mustache. Is oh, the only thing yeah. left. I'm going to do it right. And, yes. I, and I haven't shaved all this off in a very long time. So this is going to be a little like You're going to want to see what's under there. I think it's a map to hidden treasure. <laughs> That's why I had to grow it in the first place. <laughs> Too many prospectors were coming after me looking for a cheap way. Uh, anyway, that uh, will do it. Yes, Chad. This is going to be Friday, which means that tomorrow, if you're listening to this the day this drops... Uh, the Science Jerks are doing a live recording oh, nice. of our 200th episode uh, at the uh, Pack Theater uh, on Santa Monica uh, Boulevard in Hollywood, California, 1030. Get your bus tickets today. Saturday night. Uh, it's the 29th. Go see that. You know what? And good. on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash knowing us half the podcast, we'll put an ad up for that. Ooh, nice. Wouldn't that make sense? Cross sure. promotion and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. Uh, until then, guys, uh, catch it up later. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. We're at G.I. Joe Podcast. And I am... At Almighty Ray. I'm at 999 RPMs. So looking forward to this. Tina. So looking forward to this. Do it. Do it. I'm, I'm at. Do it. Do it. Can you? Come on. Almost at. At. At what? I'm, <laughs> I'm at Gina Ippy. Hooray! I, I feel... I feel like we should be ashamed of ourselves right now, Chad. <laughs> that really was uncomfortable. <laughs> Anyways, guys, that will do it for the episode. Mercifully. Yes. Keep no, helping. stop do it. it. Oh, <laughs> we are going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>
it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.